0: Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Life As A, a show intently focused on exploring and unearthing the details, of professions, and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald. Think back 20 years. Heck, go back further if you can. Try 50 or 100. Now, what is one thing that has been part of our collective human experience during those timeframes? Well, I'm thinking media. For example, the radio broadcasting of music and talk intended to reach audiences started experimentally between 1905 and 1906. And sure, media has changed, especially in recent times. However, at its core, broadcasting has always been about communicating ideas, news, and events, often based around things like politics, entertainment, arts and science, and so on. And I've got to say, we're all in for a treat today. Joining today's program is a guest who has built a phenomenal career in public broadcast and journalism. He is someone that will help undoubtedly pull back the curtain on this profession. Adam Walsh is the host and producer of Crosstalk a lunchtime provincial radio program in Newfoundland and Labrador, Canada. The show is a virtual town square where people meet to be informed, engaged, and entertained. A show that meets people in both their digital and actual neighborhoods, a program that reflects contemporary Newfoundland and Labrador by serving basic purpose of modern public broadcasting. Building community by bringing people together and helping them understand one another and the world around them. Adam has been with the CBC, Canada's public broadcaster, for over 10 years. In 2014, Adam was part of a team that won the Atlantic Canada Journalism Gold Award Television Enterprise Reporting for an investigation into the local renovation industry. Then in 2015, he went to China after being awarded the asia Pacifics Foundation Media Fellowship to report on Canada's attempt to move further into the Chinese seafood market. Later, in 2015, he moved to Japan through a CBC agreement with Japanese public broadcaster NHK. Adam stayed in Japan, working for NHK's international news program, Newsline, as an advising producer. He also traveled all over Japan and elsewhere, covering the anniversaries of the atomic bombings in both Hiroshima and Nagasaki, as well as the anniversary of the 2011 earthquake, tsunami, and nuclear disaster. Adam was also in Washington, D.C. to cover Donald Trump's inauguration. In June of 2021, Adam started filling in as the host of Crosstalk and became its permanent host in October of that year. I mean, what else is to be said? A true broadcast professional through and through. Adam, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, really excited to, uh, to get into all of this with you today. And thanks so much for uh, giving some time.
1: Oh, day is just finishing here on the east coast of Canada, the right-hand edge of North America, and I figured what a great way to end my day and to have a chat.
0: Yeah, perfect. I'm glad you see it that way. Um, Well, why don't we get right into it? I've got my first segment lined up here. It's something called Coloring Wikipedia. And basically what I do here is I read off a definition of your career as defined by Wikipedia. And I like to do this for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it brings everyone up to speed. And then two, for the guest, I feel it offers a nice jumping off point. It highlights some of the points within their profession, but also there's probably things that aren't included. And it's always fun to explore all of that. So I do have you down, of course, surprise, surprise for broadcaster. So let me just read that out for you now. All right, here goes. Broadcaster. Broadcaster may refer to a presenter of any syndicated media program presenter is a person or organization responsible for the running of a public event or someone who conveys information on media via a broadcasting outlet. Presenter may refer to the following roles news presenter, sports commentator, radio personality, television presenter, talk show host. Alrighty, there it is, Adam. I mean, it is a little bit vague, it is a little bit general, as is often the case. Um, and I feel in a way, Wikipedia is letting us down a little bit here, but uh, <laughs> um, perhaps you could bring us up to speed on your professional duties as they relate to you know hosting and producing Crosstalk.
1: yeah, sure. So when you're a host and producer, like I have a daily show right? so it's it's Monday to Friday, it's on lunchtime, and I have to look like you said off the top, right? If you're having this kind of a community, this this town square, a virtual town square for a conversation, I need to figure out, well, what types of topics am I going to have, right? So so you're, you're kind of looking at what's in the news, you're looking at what's being kind of discussed around, whether water coolers or dinner tables, that type of a thing, or you're looking for stories in the community that people don't even know that they want to hear about. And so once I look at all those and have rough plans for where things are going, then I have to phone people, do pre-interviews, line up guests, write out shows if I'm out collecting tape. And then I sometimes have to produce that tape and turn it into something and mix it with music. It all depends on the show, the day. But it's like the, the one hour of talking on the radio is just a small part of, of the show. And everything else, there's, there's so much more behind it in order to get that one hour every day, which also can be a lot sometimes.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you completely. Um, even producing a program like this, you know, it's a microcosm yeah. sort of representation of what you're just speaking about. And yeah, um, there is a lot to it on that research side. And uh, the, the finished product, like you said, is a very tiny, tiny little piece of the, the entire picture. Um, in, in terms of some of those roles that you just listed off, are there any that, I don't know, that, that bring you particular joys or, you know, frustrations at times?
1: I'll, I'll start with the frustrations first. <laughs> and I'll <go> joys. <laughs> get them out of the way. <laughs> the first the you always want more time, you know, like you, you, there's, there's what you know you're capable of if everything works out the right way. And if you've got the resources you need for doing something, but then there's the reality of like, well, Hey, noon is coming up, right? Yeah. There's all, no, noon is always approaching until noon hits. And then the next noon is coming. So that's the, that can be like the frustrating bit. And also lately, the last couple of years that we've been in with the pandemic, uh, even though the quality has still been really good, um, the a lot of things that we had had planned were shelved or were canceled. Right? I mean, this is everyone, this is every industry. So you know, but it's it's still kind of hard to, when you think of like, oh gosh, that would have been so good. And now, as we we're hopefully trying to move back into an, a a world where we can do a little bit more now, like for me, outside shows in the community with people around. Uh, and now, and, and now I'm moving to to joy so the the joys of the job it's uh talking to people right and even i know sometimes like you do in the industry we call it a pre interview right so if i'm going to have someone on the show tomorrow i will call them to kind of have a little chat just to see where this interview can go if they're like one of the big guests on the show type of a thing uh i enjoy that cuz a lot of times you have this great conversation with somebody, you create a rapport uh, and then the next day on the air, you make it so that, you you know, you've got a good idea of the conversation you're going to have, but then you also kind of leave a little, a couple little bits for some surprises too, right? Like you get the general gist of, because they know they're comfortable with the conversation, the parameters of what you've set up. But then like, I don't know, there's a bit of magic that can happen on the air too. When you don't, when we just leave a couple of things uh, for surprises. And I, I love that. So that the, the joy for me, it's, it's people and stories and, uh, and and finding things, or or like being part of a conversations, or being part of something where we're putting stuff out onto the air that, well, like you're doing here now, right? You put, you're putting out stuff on the air that people don't know about, and and hopefully will enjoy. That's so great.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can speak to that point and relate to all of what you said. Um, there's something you said for just that, that part of almost joyful learning where you're, you're digging in and you're exploring new content, new ways of living, you know, new, new stories. And, uh, and like you said, kind of packaging it all up and putting it out there for others to digest and, and uh, you know, explore for themselves. There is, yeah, there's a magic or there's almost a power to all of that as well. Um, it, it can be an incredibly rewarding experience. So, yeah, I can certainly uh, relate to all of what you just said there. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, Why don't we skip on over into a new segment here, uh, Q&A Discovery, where we can uh, continue this sort of back and forth. And I have this first question here for you, Adam. Uh, In the the intro, I referenced something um, about public broadcast and bringing people together. You know, I, I think that's a really fascinating sort of take on the role of broadcasting in general. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, if you could explain that sort of further.
1: I think it's uh, it, well. It's always the public broadcaster's role. Like you know, you're know, you're your point. You're serving your community. You're serving your province, country, state, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that's that's at its core for for just the responsibilities of it. But nowadays, especially, you know, I think that it, it, we're in such a time. We've got there's lots of different types of tensions going on. There's uh, there's everything from active disinformation uh, to perhaps accidental misinformation. Um, There are people who are, especially during the pandemic, dug into certain positions uh, globally. Uh, In this time we're in now, I think it is so important to try to create something that, at its core, like the, the lens that it uses, is empathy. And that through everything that goes through there is helping to not create empathy because i don't like that puts maybe i think a little bit too much responsibilities on the shoulders of the show but to when you're bringing people in to these conversations the point is to help create a space where we can all build on empathy and maybe you you learn a little bit about someone else's point of view you get exposed to a different community that you didn't know about in terms of not just the festivities and stuff but i mean just the day to day of whether it's a small business whether it's, it's um, you know, how a local, uh, how the diaspora of a certain country or area are doing uh, in your part of, uh, of the, the country you're in, all that kind of a thing. And if you build it, not to say there's never negative stuff, because you know we, we talk about negative stuff on my show, but I, I do like trying to have learning and, and empathy along with everything we do. And it's about those types of connections. And I think if you do enough of that, you can help in your own small way, make things a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I hear you on that. I, I completely agree. I mean, the more you can understand someone else's position, where they're coming from, the context, essentially, I think that allows for that, you know, those feelings of empathy to build and to, to grow. You know, oftentimes right now, I feel like the culture that we're within Uh, it's a lot of just this, it's one way, this is what I feel, here it is, I'm going to unload it all on you. And then the natural reaction of that person is to not really take much of it in is to like, just fire back at, you know, whatever feelings or sentiments that they have. And what's lost in that transaction, essentially, is that time to digest it to think about it um, before, you know, firing off that retort and a program like what you've got with crosstalk i think as you said i mean it allows for that you can hear these discussions you can get to know these people and some of the reasons for their thoughts and feelings and take some time let it churn within within you and 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 then come to your own conclusions after you've given some you know some thought to it rather than just again firing something off whether it's you know verbally or you know tweeting something out um, instantaneously so yeah, I can definitely see the value in um, in programs much like yours.
1: And and uh, I'll just add to that too. Like This show, it used to be purely a call-in show. So you'd have like a guest today, a topic, one question, people would call in. I've changed it a bit in terms of uh, the style. So some days it is still very much a call-in show. So for example, a very popular thing in the spring and summers, it, there's a gardening, once a week, it's a, there's a gardening show. It's very popular and that I'm keeping because it's a public service um but also their days were like a couple of months back we did a show on foster families okay. and and it what it was was we had a number of different foster parents on through different parts of the province talking about different uh well their situations uh giving us some context of what it it is like what it takes to become a foster parent Mm. um there was a single foster parent on and she said you know it's not just two people sometimes it's one person like myself and this was the whole show of these different voices Mm. and I didn't open the phone lines that day because it was a day of like well we're listening to this I've got a whole group of people here talking about these things that I mean I didn't know about so I found it really interesting and then at the end though right well through the show I deliver the message, is like, if you have thoughts on this, give us a call, leave a message. Uh, here's, here's, a, here's a line for that. Send us an email, uh, tweet at us, we'll put it together for like the next show or, or like sometime else this week. And that's, you're contributing that way, but it's still, when you look at the big scope of everything, that is how you kind of, it's the different types of conversations you can have in one hour to get out the best and all to help build that or to be uh part of that empathy building process. Yeah. And then like, you know, the next day, I think it was something about like, well, watch your, you know, I think we're talking about like streaming or something like that. What's your winter streaming uh, on television. And that was wide open. Anyone could call, you know,
0: mm-hmm. in essence, there you go. It comes back around to helping build that community out through yeah. sort of activities like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's really fascinating. It's a really interesting way to kind of break it down. Um, It's been really interesting to hear that for myself. And I'm sure listeners will have enjoyed that uh, answer. So thanks so much, Adam. Yeah. All right. Well, I do have another question here. And I'm curious what it's like covering issues that are charged at times. And again, I referenced in your intro, you spent some time abroad within Japan, covering some major events like you know, the anniversaries of the bombings, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, and then also the, the nuclear disaster related ceremonies within Fukushima, you know, certainly those, those moments, those, uh, those events are charged with so much emotion, you know, what is it like to, to cover them? I mean, there's a certain human element to all of that. And also, you have the, the professionalism mixed in. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you could break that down for us as well.
1: I mean, I think it's important, the human, the human element is the most important part in it, you know, and then when you're telling stories, it's like, they're not my stories, right? So it's, it's, I'm fortunate enough, or to use even the word blessed, uh, to have people share their thoughts and feelings and stories with me. And my, I mean, it's a great responsibility to help present that in the best way possible, you know? Um, And, and I do think, of course, you have to feel for these types of stories you know and yes of course i mean there's the line there's a line of professionalism but then uh everyone has to know at the same time that this does affect you right like in in nagasaki interviewing a survivor of the bombing he, you know hibakusha uh, he told me we sat down and we had this big conversation with an interpreter and you know he showed me the scars he still had on on his arms and legs uh and and, and talked about his memories and it was something i walked into i wasn't even i didn't even know I hadn't given much thought into how that conversation would go in a way because I was so new to Japan at the time, um, and I was with a colleague. And but this was what his his uh, his gentleman's job was that day, right? Like you know, because he is part of the the thing, as you know, right? For the survivors to keep telling the story because trying to have a world without nuclear weapons, right? But at the same time, as a as a human being, as a person, it's kind of like I also don't. Want to revictimize someone, and and like those thoughts are there too. So this delicate. all these are
0: all, so all delicate, it, yeah. it is, right?
1: And you and you, it, like you have to kind of think about this stuff if, if when you talk to people. And in this case, it was just one of those things we just happened to be in the area, and he was. Re, this, was this was the thing he was doing this day, yeah. and so it, it was a number of times he was talking to media and everyone else. And then I sat down and was talking to him. But it was like I'm not going to forget that, you know, that conversation, and it, it stays with you. But then. I did a radio story for CBC nationally on it. Um, and I just, you know, it, it, you take great care and you want to get out the, the best part of, of, you know, the, the an impactful part of his message and keep that message as true as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine something like that is a skill that is developed over time. Uh, I recall a guest that we had on, on this program. She was a United Nations WFP, uh, Vulnerability Analysis Advisor, and uh, she's been all around the world. Uh, she's based in Panama at the moment, but part of her job, of course, is going into communities uh, oftentimes that have been ravaged by some sort of disaster, natural or otherwise. And she's part of the team that's gathering a lot of information from people in terms of their needs. You know, what, what hardships are they experiencing at the moment? And she said early on in her career, um, she would go it's almost like a spectrum she would go way far to say the left and giving everything she had and investing herself so emotionally that it was just taking a toll on her and affecting her ability to do her job well Um, but also at the same time she understood that if she went too far on the other end of the spectrum and it was just cold and facts and tell me what you need tell me what the problems are that wasn't going to serve the needs either so over the course of her career, she did find that sweet spot, essentially, of where she could, you know, still empathize with people and show that emotion and build those connections, but then also still be, you know, effective enough to, to do her job in the, the best possible way. And I'd imagine something like what you're doing and what you're speaking of, it's the exact same thing, essentially, is you're trying to find that spot. And of course, for each person, it's going to be different. But um, yeah, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's exactly
1: right. And it's something that in, in today's world, right, We, uh, for journalists, I think there, there's this struggle of just trying, well, you're trying to figure out who you are as a journalist, too. What kind of, like, and if you're a political reporter, it's kind of different. Again, I mean, I think we all need to keep, stay as human as possible anyways, no matter what we're reporting on. But if you're, like, you know, like the Tokyo Stock Exchange, I mean, that's a different type of reporting, right? But if you're doing interviews for a living, you know, it, it's, and, and then you're just trying to see, like, you're right, it comes also comes down to, like, self-care. And yourself, right? And like, because yeah. these stories and these interviews, and, and like sometimes, uh, some as a reporter journalist, sometimes you're on the scene, or sometimes it's just because you're, you're talking to people, but it's like uh, over the phone, or the, sometimes what I do in the studio, um, there's always that weight that comes with it. And so, every big story, right, like you know, you're going to be involved with it for, and th- those are all the big stories from the local level. that so it could be something that's that is very that can really affect you locally, or like now with Ukraine, right? Like we, my show today, we did it on, we looked at the last couple of weeks of local coverage and connections from people in the Ukrainian community in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, we spoke to someone who has Russian roots here who's talking about how they felt and and, and they felt horrified, by the way, uh, about what's going on. And we talked about some of the fundraising efforts, but still it's it's the that main story that's always there. You're always talking about it and it can take away. So like, yeah, you need to kind of make sure that you're, taking care of you in order to be your best for doing your job for other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear you wholeheartedly on that point. No, thank you for sharing. All right. Well kind of on the heels of this conversation we just had in terms of kind of this look at global stories, uh, global experiences as well, you know, again, I've referenced that you spent some time within China, within Japan, and I'd be curious to know about how those experiences shaped you personally and even on the professional side.
1: Oh, it just, the more travel you do, or the more when you, especially when you live, like so, traveling is one thing, and then when you live somewhere else too, uh, you, it just broadens your perspectives of the world, and it just makes you realize how much smaller the world is. So, for example, for example, in Newfoundland, and Labrador, so here in the island of Newfoundland, there's this because of in the early nineties, like the economy here used to be a fishing, a big time, big time fishing economy for cod. Cod stocks collapsed massive unemployment, and a lot of people from here had to move to what we call the mainland, the rest of Canada, for work. And so th- there's always been this longing for home in um, uh, the culture here. And and everyone's like, oh, you know, how do you know? The, the old joke, right? How do you know a Newfoundlander in heaven? Oh, the only one who wants to go back home. And, and when I was in Japan, though, and, and up around the Fukushima area, and doing, we were doing some stories up there, and, and you had people who really wanted to return to their, some didn't obviously, but you had some people who really wanted to return their, to their communities, and this longing to go home. And it's the same longing. It's just that if you don't travel, if you don't live somewhere else, sometimes you might think that you're, you're unique in these feelings, but then when you go around, you start to see, well, no, there it's the, now maybe there can be, it might be more intense depending on like whether it's a, a family story, this or that, or whatever it is. Uh, but th- those feelings are all there. So the longing that I saw in Japan reminded me of the longing that I'd heard about and been around here in Newfoundland so much growing up. And it just, it was it, it, like, it felt, I mean, it was sad in a way because of the longing, but at the same time, it, did, it made me feel just that everything was so much closer.
0: Mm. yeah essentially it's sort of building these connections in a way i guess lots of different connections with people culture and bringing it all together i I suppose in in interesting ways and interesting takes i guess that you can kind of like i don't know put out to the world essentially
1: yeah well and it and it goes back to that empathy thing too right because it's just it goes back to well yeah every people here feel this way and we feel this way they also feel this way and guess what folks We all feel the same way about the same types of things. So maybe we can get along a little better because we realize we're not that different community back to that as
0: well. Right. We keep circling back to that point. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, As far as I guess, exploring all of this and some of the joyful elements and, you know, uncovering some of these things like personal revelations, I suppose, for you, and then putting that out to the world, that must be pretty rewarding at times as well. Also.
1: It is. It's, it's one of those things, you know, you start as a journalist and I didn't even know I ever wanted to host radio because when I first started, I was like, I think every question I started with was like, so, and then I would ask the question uh, and I listened to myself on tape like years ago. And I was just kind of like, that doesn't sound very good. You will never be a radio host, but then slowly, but surely, you start reporting, doing enough stories and, and you start to see what you like reporting on and the stories that really speak to you. And then to just be part of that process. It is very rewarding, right? Because it's you know, especially when you sometimes because I'm still new to the the hosting bit, but like there are days when yeah, you, you're like, wow, that that show was really good today. um And there are other days where you're like, that show could have been better. But there the days where you're like, that was really good, and you just yeah, and you're just thankful for everything, and you're just like, wow, I didn't think I'd get to be in this position, working this job, and here I am, and it's still continuing.
0: Yeah, no, it's exciting, most definitely you've kind of spoken to this a little bit and maybe you've already answered this, but as far as the job affecting you personally and shaping you, perhaps your views on the world, you know, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, it's made me, I've, I, you know, I think there's another universe where if I wasn't doing this, like I, I could, I wouldn't be as open-minded as I am. I don't think I would have those levels of empathy I'm talking about. Mm. I think naturally I have, I, I'm an empathetic person, but the fact that I'm always trying to understand people and and um, listen, especially, you know, you look at well, look at I mean, North America. I mean, the last couple of years, right? Like with the Black Lives Matter protests, uh, yeah. look at what's gone on with the Me Too movement. I mean, it's a time of uh, when you look at uh, you know white forty-year-old guys like me, it, it's a great time for us to listen a little bit more. I think. And Agreed. and it just so happens that I'm in a position where that's actually my job. And you know, I listen, yeah. and every so often I ask a question. And, and I think that it's made me a uh, much better person because I think a lot I think a lot about how other people are doing uh, uh, for any number that can be because of gender that can be because of race that can be because of socioeconomic status that can be because of where they live it uh, is in ge- geographically but i it's it's all helped me think more about uh, other people and their situations
0: mm mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. And I can completely relate to all of those sentiments that you just shared. Again, myself living abroad for, geez, going to be approaching 20 years now. And yeah, it definitely opens up a different world to you. I remember growing up, you know, I'm from Canada as well, uh, a border town, Fort Erie, Ontario, right across from Buffalo, New York. And I remember at that time, I, of course, you know the influence coming from the U.S. was there, and it was always strong. It was just part of our community, essentially going across the border for you know cross-border shopping trips, getting gasoline, things of that nature. I remember all of that stuff, and that was my world. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking that oh, Canadians and Americans were were very similar in a lot of ways, which we are to a certain degree. But since living abroad and being away, and now especially in the last little while too, seeing how things have played out. I've really noticed, of course, you know, the, the, the differences in culture, the differences in, in views of, towards certain issues. Um, and it's really become that much more refined. And I don't know if I would have necessarily, I don't know, come to sort of, sort of some of those realizations had I just grown up and stayed within that small town that entire time. But again, living abroad, not just say within America, you can start to, you know, look at some of these other countries, European uh, or otherwise and start to understand like you said just dig in a little bit further like who they are what they stand for and what makes them unique and what makes them special so yeah it it does shape you it does sort of shape your visions of the world and how you fit within it all so
1: and also for yourself i mean when you talk about living 20 years in japan you know uh there's the meeting people and everything else and just think of this is a bit of an aside but just like all the the, there's the culture of meeting people and then there's like the food culture and it man like think of all the great food even and because there, there's politics and food there's history and food there's passion and food all of that that you just would not have had at all or or just nowhere near like the 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 levels like just maybe like the the slightest taste compared to all that you've gained through this and, and like just what that does to like nourishing your body and, and, and soul you know
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. And I I can definitely attest to the point that, you know, my tolerance level has gone perhaps from here to right off the screen, basically, because some of the things that I've presented with here in Japan have been uh, interesting, to say the least. But yeah. yeah, it certainly broadened my own horizons as far as is trying and tasting a number of different things, not just only within Japanese, you know, food culture, but elsewhere. Um, yeah. yeah, it definitely opens you up to a lot of different possibilities and, uh, and ways of doing things. And then even for yourself on this, you know, we're going down a track here of food, but like trying things out yourself while well, adding this in, well, you know, I tried this in the past, why don't I take this ingredient and mix it in with something here? And you're creating almost this fusion of, of culture and food, but that's a whole different podcast, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, let's shift on over into a new segment here, Adam, uh, a water cooler story. And it is kind of as it sounds. Basically, I just ask guests here to indulge listeners with a story relating to the profession, and I'll let you take it from here.
1: You know, uh, there's a few stories that kind of were coming to mind when we were talking about this, but there's one, just, it's about the interconnectedness of, of life. And I was in university, so I had a friend in university who, he was from Afghanistan and uh, moved, came to Newfoundland and Labrador uh, as a refugee. And we met in university and we uh, ran for some politics together. um, And, and like, this was, when we met, it was like just after nine eleven. So there, were, like, it was always the, this big part of a discussion. And over the years, like, you know, we we stayed in touch. He became an international human rights lawyer. I moved into media. We like when I was in Tokyo, I saw him. Uh, he was in town, just had, had a meeting for something that he was doing with international human rights. Uh, and then last summer, you know, when um, the Taliban took over Afghanistan. Uh, w- we we were back in touch, uh, just kind of uh, I was just saying hey like how are you doing type of a thing, and we ended up talking, and we it's one of those times where like we end up doing a show uh, together, uh, and you know I was clear that he, the old old college buddy of mine or whatever like uh, off the beginning, but it was it, it was this really moving conversation just about his his childhood home. Uh, his thoughts on what had happened, and uh, I also found some old tape from the, just after 9-11, because CBC at the time had interviewed him, so we had that to play as well, and it just ended up being only in a world where, like, you know, you've you you you've had this connection, you've had this shared knowledge together, you know, you've stayed in touch, and then you you have all this, the, the knowledge of, uh, I guess, this distant friendship over, over the years, that can you arrive at a moment for having this deep, uh, very respectful, obviously, but um, what I thought was a very interesting, but touching at the same time, uh, and compelling conversation uh, together, and, and, and for him to be up for doing it on the radio, you know, it was, it tied together, you know, years, it tied together different parts of the world, it tied so much together in terms of, and then for what it would have given, I think the audience for listening, uh, and, and for context and their understanding of this is, you know, for the local audience here, it's like, okay, you know that he was living here, and, but he's talking about his, his, you know, his, the childhood home and everything that's kind of happened then. And, and what I think that could give for a greater understanding of of what was going on at the time uh, as well. It was, uh, it's just one of those in, in my profession uh one of those things that's that that kind of thing is it doesn't happen very often like that so it was it 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 really kind of stuck with me as something that like wow that was uh it was just a conversation i'm you know and it just happened to be on the air but i I won't i won't be forgetting
0: Mm, mm. it's interesting how some of those moments can really strike you and stay with you and uh i i guess you know in terms of this story you know, bringing together all those different elements of, so, you know, personal relationship or friendship with somebody over so many years, and that rapport that you've built up with them. And then also, again, kind of talking to the point that we've already, you know, gone over, you charged issues, you know, points yeah. that have a lot of controversy attached to them. But you're, you're speaking to someone that you have this relationship with, and you're exposing a, a, a lot of different ideas and putting them out there. And again, coming back around to these ideas of empathy you know creating opportunities for that to 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 develop and to be you know digested within others I mean there's a lot of positive outcomes that can be derived from something like that and yeah I can certainly see how that would be a rewarding experience on
1: so many different levels so it's one of those things where you never know how just everything can mean something Bank, right, like years later, or tomorrow, or, or next week, or whatever, and and the little things that you do can really help you understand or move forward or move through other things in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Adam. Yeah, really appreciated hearing that. We are going to shift over into our last segment here. It's something called a crystal ball segment, and it is kind of, as the name implies, we're looking towards the future. Normally, we're looking at trends and predictions within a certain industry. So I'd like to return again to your industry and kind of lead off with this thought. I mean, social media, it's a very divisive topic, as we all know. And we also know that it's not going anywhere, right? It's here to stay. So what's your take on it moving forward, you know, as far as what it represents?
1: I think, you know, it's, it's obviously useful. For example, if you look at like um, Facebook and, and communities in Labrador so if, Labrador, it's, it's it's the, I'm on the island portion of the province. Well, I mean, I should know Christopher. And Labrador, it's further north. So uh, you have a lot of isolated communities there. And in these communities, Facebook, I mean, it's, it's the public notice board, right? Like it is, it plays a crucial role, actually. Uh, so you can see that side of it a lot. And even it doesn't have to be in isolated communities. I mean, I see it every day. Like people have different groups um, and also like, or TikTok for, uh, the positive side of it uh, for, you know, young people using it. Yeah. It's easy to see. The, 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 so there's that great. Mm-hmm. But then the future when it comes to um, the bad side, I don't know, we got to figure some stuff out because we can't like it having bad actors go on with disinformation, it hurts democracy, right? It hurts. It, it, it hurts communities. It hurts people. It hurts democracy. And I, I I I mean, that's factual, right? Now, how that gets changed, I don't know, you know? They need to, whether, like, so there's questions around, well, is it a government thing? Is it a self-policing thing? Is it a, like, there's lots of questions on how to do that. But I do think that, and I think now with Ukraine, there's, and and lately, there's been more of a realization as, like, with, uh, especially with a lot of the disinformation that's being being spread around. Like, there's loads of talk in the last couple weeks about stuff on TikTok and other places uh, in terms of you know, disinformation that is that is uh, that people are just like, yeah, like this is not true. So the conversation is there. And I think that we need to keep collectively having it in order to arrive at a better place where we can get the good of it yeah. without the the downside. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's such a tough topic to to digest and to really think about. Um because yeah, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I mean in one respect, there are certainly a lot of benefits to having it. It does bring people together. And in a sense, people can unite get behind certain Mm -hmm. ideas. And if those ideas are virtuous, I mean, that's great. But if they're built off of what you just said, you know, disinformation, it's going to lead to things that we're experiencing right now within Canada or elsewhere, you know, this tribalism, this divide Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm sure you can also relate to this too. I mean, I, I truthfully have not seen this level of divide or experienced it. And I don't think any of us really have before. I mean, you know, I look no further than the events within Canada and uh, the protests that were occurring there not too long ago. I mean, those things, of course, were built off the back of a lot of uh, the social media sort of channels. Um, and and this, some, you know, takes some disinformation and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, again, it's one of those charged sort of topics, uh, mm-hmm. issues. And, I don't know. I mean, there's, that's the problem And we, what are the solutions to this? you have, you know, net neutrality sort of arguments on the one hand where people are like, don't touch, don't touch it. You know, there's, mm. you know, this is out there, you know, we're allowed to shape and interact with this news in any way that we want. And the moment that you start coming in and deciding what's right and what's wrong well then you know we're being controlled we're being controlled oh and, yeah you know you have those arguments out there too but also on the on the other hand if you don't then you've got some of these other sides to it again this tribalism and, and this divide which isn't serving the greater purpose or you know helping in in, in the sense of you know, bringing nations together and uh and moving forward i mean it, it's such a difficult topic I, I myself don't know where to go with it at times no
1: it is right it is it is such a, it's charged it's tough to talk about and you know I, I, I think a lot of people um nowadays feel that they're not being heard for one reason or another and if we can find a way to hear bring people and no and i don't mean by putting disinformation out over the air or, or online i mean within you know without the disinformation misinformation but yeah. but to have conversations about hearing about what why people are so upset and and to because no one's going away right like we're all here yeah. and we're going to be here tomorrow so we have to figure out ways to continue to be here because at the end of the day that's how it is on this planet right and and like even though we don't agree and even and even though we might be completely completely apart for very big reasons uh, and even if one of those is filled with disinformation, and the other isn't, you're still going to be standing in front of or behind that person at the grocery store later this week.
0: Yeah. Or sitting across from the dinner table within families yeah. as well. Right. I mean, you have exactly element to it all yeah. as well. Yeah. One other point really quickly here on your own program just recently, you know, there was a segment where I think you had guests um, talking about like things like doom scrolling and going through some of the media and that and that was really interesting, by the way but um it's another element to it all also in terms of the news that's going out there and how we digest it and you know how that can lead to to mental health issues as well that we need to consider also and i thought that was a really interesting take um and i just wanted to kind of squeeze that in there uh, while i had sure. the chance but mm, yeah
1: thanks yeah well i mean i try to have a mental health component to the show a lot because it's been a tough couple of years and i think we're all just trying to do our best, and if they're like in this case, it was Karen Keho uh, a reporter. She's in New York, but also spends time. She's Canadian, uh, uh, also reports from Toronto. Uh, known as the uh, like the uh, doom scrolling uh, reminder lady, and uh, I, Karen and I met in Tokyo when she was there one time, and so just to have her on to kind of talk about that with some context, and it's a friendly reminder, just to like, hey, you know, maybe we do need to drink a big glass of water and go to bed early instead of just. It, it, engaging our brain with some of the doom and gloom out there continuously yeah
0: exactly and that's what I like about that segment is a lot of the tips associated with it and the mm-hmm. friendly reminders of it all because it's something that yeah I'm sure a lot of us are you know losing ourselves within at times but yeah all right well I think we are rounding the bend here Adam we are heading into the end here but I do want to take the time here to thank you for joining the program I mean it's been a riveting talk and I've really enjoyed Uh, diving into it all with you so thanks for coming on
1: Christopher thanks for having me this has been a great chat
0: yeah great for those interested in learning more about Adam and his work you can tune into his show CBC Crosstalk and you can also find him on Twitter and for reference all of these links will be included in the show notes and also on the website also if you like today's show please be sure to share To show further support, you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you access your podcasts. And also, please don't forget to head on over to YouTube. We just launched a new channel there under Life As A, where you can get the full video recordings of these conversations. And finally, don't forget to join us on the next episode of Life As A, where we'll continue to explore and unearth the details of professions and the people behind them. I'm your host, Christopher Schoenwald, and until next time, stay curious about life and living.